What's up, guys? Welcome into a brand new episode of Chargers Weekly. No more Jack Hammett Sports Complex. We're here at the Hope Performance Center. A couple of days until preseason game number three. Yeah, and we're buddy, still in the sun. Yeah, we're still in the sun. Doesn't you said we're going to we find a, a strategic place, but you know, you no. can't escape it. Yeah, it's like they're just, uh, I feel like they're trolling us. Arcus did this. They're, they're Arcus us. set this up. Uh, yeah, just put them in the sun. Even though you can't see on the other side of the camera, there is just acres of shade. Poor Bryce Callahan has to sit here in the sun cooking. Uh, look at Bryce, Bryce sat down before we sat down. Yeah. Ready to go, man. I know. Bryce, I know. we appreciate you, man. Oh, yeah, this is lovely compared to Texas. So. Yeah, I guess that's true. <laughs> Good well, let's start there. You uh, talk, talk us through high school football in Texas. Uh, I know the, the legendary coach from Friday Night Lights just passed away, the guy that that story was based on. Kind of walk us through what is it like growing up playing football in Texas? So it's a, I want to say it's kind of like a second religion. Uh, they take it really serious and stuff. So in high school, like our stadium was, I think, like $17 million. That's ridiculous. I had a blast. You know, a lot of exposure to great players and stuff, great coaches, and I think it molded me to be the person I am today. What, what are you some some of your favorite memories playing on Friday night in Texas? Just just having all all like the students, you know, the people you go to school with out there, packed out stadium, you know, the lights come on. After see Friday night lights were big too, so just just that whole environment was really Refreshing. It was just, yeah, it felt good to be out there. Okay. So uh, when you're a corner, clearly you're an athlete, which means you could probably have played any position out there. Uh, but you made the wise choice. Too many kids want to be wide receivers, and they don't flip to the other side of the field, and their options are limited. How did you end up in the defensive backfield, and what other positions were you playing? So I came into high school mostly playing running back. Of course. And then we started doing a lot of the blocking stuff, so I was like, hey, I might just go over to the D side. And then uh, I went back to safety, and then I fell in love with that. And then my favorite player at the time was Sean Taylor. So oh yeah, kind of want to mold myself out there. I wasn't as big as him, but I, I, he was. I he was different. Very few are. Yeah. <laughs> I worked with. I was in Washington for the two years, um, it, and I overlapped with him. And I, I, I don't think people realize if, if he would have played another five to seven years, probably would have been the greatest safety oh, yeah. we've ever seen, man. Like easily, yeah. Easily. He was hard hitter. He was a ball hog. He was, he was doing it all. He did it all. Yeah. So you go from corner to really, in your career in the NFL, man, you're a specialist in the slot. How did you decide, or how did that kind of evolution come to be? So uh, I was undrafted. So when you're undrafted, you kind of come at the bottom of everybody's list in the, in the lineup and stuff. So I was the third corner. Didn't have much nickel work. I was only corner in college. And then uh, I guess the nickels were kind of low, so I asked my coach if I give nickel, uh, the nickel spot a chance. And, uh, slowly but surely just made my way up and then yeah, started starting nickel that year. So what's the kind of walk our, our listeners and us because we're idiots walk <laughs> us through what do you have to change like what's different playing in the slot versus playing outside and how does that fit you so well? I feel like more in the slot you have to know the scheme well it depends what scheme you're in but you need to know where your help is because now you're working with linebacker corner you're just by yourself a lot of the time just hey man up this guy once you get in the slot, you're working with more people, maybe your linebackers, safety. So you need to know what they do to help yourself in the defense. So actually learning the defense, what everybody does, and then it's a lot more quicker reaction stuff. They can go quick out, quick in. You don't have like the sideline to protect you, like you can corner and stuff. So it's a lot more quicker reaction and just, just need to know the defense out there a little bit better. So if I'm to interpret this correctly, to play slot, you have to be smarter. 
than your outside corners. You're much smarter. And and you have to and and you have to be able to communicate better than outside corners. And you gotta be able to work with others uh, very well. And on top of all that, you kinda gotta be better, right? Because so much more can happen from that spot. Exactly. Wise coach told me that the nickel has to has to tackle like a safety. Go fill the run like a linebacker and then cover like a corner. So Look at that. You got a mix of little everything. The whole, that wasn't a humble brag. It was just the facts from, from Bryce, you know? <laughs> Take us through this offseason and, and why Los Angeles and, and that prior relationship with Coach Staley made so much sense for you to be in Powder Balloon now. Well, uh, once free agency hit, uh, it's kind of slow for the most part. And then uh, – Got a call maybe three, four weeks after free agency, said they might be interested and stuff. I'm already familiar with the coaches here, the scheme here, so I just felt like that would be the, the best fit for me. So as soon as they they told me they, they'd want me, I, you know, I signed, I was out here. It's hard to beat L.A. It's just going to be awkward, but I love it. <laughs> it kind of reminds people that sometimes things aren't always great. Sometimes, sometimes on a football field, adversity strikes, right? Yeah, this is preseason um, preseason for everybody. Take us through uh, those years in Chicago with Vic, and then I know Brandon was there, Coach Staley was there, and I shouldn't say Vic. Coach Fangio was there coordinating the defense. Coach Staley was there with the outside linebackers. So many people have adopted this system now. I mean, it has really caught on, and it, it's not like he was alone when you were in Chicago, but it was pretty unique. Everyone was kind of playing cover three or single high, and he was doing something different. Why is this style of defense? Obviously, it works because a lot of people are doing it now. And I feel like that's why a lot of people are doing it because they see it, they <laughs> it see works. that it see works. The results. You know, it's a it's a nice little defense. I mean, it, it disguises a lot, so the quarterbacks have trouble really knowing what the defense is in a lot of the time and I think that gives the defense the edge a little bit and then uh there's just a lot of moving parts it's not just like hey go cover this man like we could work on we could work with each other and pass things off and kind of make it difficult for the offense one of the things that money and I noticed obviously during free agency and then you see the guys that were here last year everybody at least has working knowledge of the system now so the, so the guys who were here last year have a, a one year under their belt Bringing a guy like you, bringing a guy like Khalil, who is with Coach Staley. Um, and there's a few other guys from, from the Rams that are on this Troy. defense. Mm-hmm. Troy, yeah, Troy, Morgan Fox. So that's uh, Sebastian Joseph Day. So I, I guess the comfort level, even though you guys haven't played together, what has training camp been like in terms of gelling? Uh, I feel like it's been pretty smooth. I mean, it's, a, it's the same scheme. We all had our different little flavors of where we came from and how they ran that scheme, but it's overall it's the same scheme. So... It wasn't too hard to, you know, start clicking with each other. And maybe we have to pick each other brains to see how they see this and how they play that. But overall, I feel like it was pretty a smooth transition of, like, playing with new guys. So here's what I want to know. <laughs> you spend all these years in Denver, and you got to figure out how to cover Keenan Allen because yeah. he's in the slot a lot. You're in the slot a lot. We hear best route runner toughest guy to try to stay in front of his moves are sudden you can never he's one gear the whole time i'm i'm answering the question for you uh walk us through what it's like covering keenan uh like our like our coach says man he has some voodoo he has some <laughs> he really he, does he that's a great nasty, way to put it nasty stuff to uh to his moves and stuff and like you said he, he keeps everything the same pace and then he'll just snap and it's it's real hard to get a gauge on him. i'm still trying to get a gauge <laughs> on him and you know i've been playing him for a couple years now so i mean yeah he, he He's nice. He has that voodoo for sure. This DB's room with, with, with Asante and Mike and yourself and, and obviously JC, and we don't know when JC's coming back, hopefully sooner than later, mm-hmm. but um, what is that group looking like, especially when you add Derwin James into practices now? 
I think it's looking awesome, man, to be to be real with you, especially having Derwin back out there. Like, he's the quarterback of the defense, and he just gets everybody else going, makes sure everybody's on their their uh, on their tees and stuff. So having him back is big for sure. Give us um, a lot of people say, and maybe they're right, that, that the Denver secondary was the best in football. When you come from a room like that, is it easier for you to kind of gauge talent like what you have, what you don't have, because you guys had so much. I mean, it is really impressive oh. what they got going. Oh yeah, I mean for sure. Uh, being a playing with them, you know, some we had some older vets over there that you know really knew the game. So yeah, it definitely helps me gauge of what we got over here, and what we got over here is great. So yeah, I'm excited. Sorry, I'm sorry, Chris. I just it just popped into my head too. Um, Hunter Renfro, I think, is one of the more underrated guys out there. Give mm-hmm. us because it's week one. You're going to yeah. be playing the Raiders. You're going to be tasked with with Hunter. Yeah. Walk us through what you know, kind of how you approach covering him and why he's been so successful early in his career. Okay, uh, I don't want to give away my no, my no, secrets or anything. Secrets. But uh, you know, he's a real shifty guy. Uh, two, he'll make two double moves sometimes, sometimes triple moves. So you, you got to really stay attached with him and just kind of glue yourself to him because you never know which way he's going to go and kind of, I don't want to say made up routes, but they work for him. So whatever he's got going, I mean, it's working. <laughs> so my hey, thing is just stay close and uh, don't take your eyes off the guy. <laughs> hey, you had, you had uh, Khalil in Chicago. You mm-hmm. had what Chubb and, and Von Miller in Denver. When you have Bosa and Mack up front to go with these other guys, uh, Austin Johnson and Sebastian Joseph Day, explain to our listeners and viewers what that does for a secondary. How much, oh, how much life is easier? <laughs> Just knowing those two are rushing. I, I know that the quarterback can't hold the ball for too long, and uh, if he does, uh, it's going to be bad for him. But, no, nah, that's, that's a big, that's a big uh, advantage to our defense. And I feel like when you have really uh, two really good rushers like that, uh, it gives a secondary to get uh, better chances to get takeaways and stuff because the quarterback's going to be more antsy and rushed to get the ball out and stuff. So it gives us more opportunity too. Is um, is the way you describe the slot defender? Is there a kinship between nickel corners and tight ends? Because tight ends, you know, sometimes they got to be an offensive lineman. Obviously, they got to be a wide receiver. Mm-hmm. Sometimes they kind of got to be a running back, depending on what's asked of them. Do you feel a kinship with that position? Uh, I could, yeah, I could see that a little bit. They're, I mean, they're a lot bigger than us for sure. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, they do have to take on multiple roles. So I could see how flip side that. Yeah, I could see that. Okay. I could see the relation. I'm gonna feel more pepper. Bryce, we're getting closer, man. Like two weeks from now. It's Raider week. You guys, oh, yeah. I know. I'm sure there's advanced planning already, but like it'll be Raider week in mm-hmm. two weeks. Uh, your excitement level for playing in this division with the Chargers now, with the Raiders and the Chiefs, really first two games of the season going to set the tone. Oh yeah, for sure, for sure. Now uh, I'm very excited. Uh, feel like we got a good group of guys on both sides of the ball, and I feel like we're going to be uh, ready for them, prepared. All right, last one for me, Bryce. Uh, and I don't know how comfortable you are answering this, and it's a little bit down the road. I think Monday night, it's, uh, what, October uh, 20th or so, we see the Broncos. Yeah, it's, it's um, six, man, that's an impressive receiver room, too, oh, of, yeah. of those guys, because you got Corlin Sutton, who if you've never been down on the field, you don't realize how big oh, yeah. that dude is. Patrick, uh, is Hamler still there? Hamler's still there. Patrick uh, towards ACL. Yeah, that's right. Patrick yeah. up for the year. Jerry Judy, yep. who's shifty. In your experience in practice, was there one that was a tougher cover for you than another? Uh, 
Yeah, I would say Jerry, just because of his shiftiness. He's quick, and his his routes are. He has some. He has pretty good routes. So I would say him for sure. But this Chargers receiver room. You talk about Keenan. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. What about Michael Bandy? How shifty oh, yeah. Michael Bandy hey, is. He, he's up there. He's nice too, man. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I know y'all been seeing him in the preseason. Oh, yeah. So yeah, he's he's been doing his thing for sure. Bryce Callahan, appreciate the mic issues withstanding. We we had a good conversation. We had a great. I loved it. <laughs> Thank you. Appreciate that you, man. To adversity. Absolutely. Already, man. Awesome. All right, man. Appreciate that. Thank Take you. care, brother. Thank appreciate you. it. Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate Bryce Callahan coming in, being prompt here on Chargers. Oh we, yeah. Please, we kick things he off. Beat us here. Coach Staley just spoke. You know, maybe we can get one of the beat writers to jump in one of these seats and tell us what he said. Yeah, it's I mean, not a bad idea. About that? I mean, well, we don't have a mic. I guess oh. kind of. So I'll just have to. I don't know if I want to share my mic with Miller or Nick or. Well, let's maybe let's one do of a, those guys or Popper. I love a, I love a work. Trust them. I, I love a working podcast. Hey, Jeff Miller. Jeff Miller. Well, see now you're gonna upset Nick. Now you're like Nick from SI. It's gonna be like, hey Nick, we don't okay. want to talk to you. We no. just want to talk to Jeff. No, it's, that's I think not, that's, that's incredibly not rude. Can we get? It's not. It's come on. I think, but, I think that's incredibly nice. rude. You're making me feel bad. We'll get. We'll you're get talking to Nick, and he's like, hey Nick, you're not good enough to talk to us, but Jeff is. No, Jeff I would. Is, I told Chris I wouldn't have done that. Well, Jeff is in the family podcast, and, and we'll get Nick on. <laughs> Jeff, you know this is a working podcast. We have uh, one broken mic. We're back, as you can tell. And one, one broken guy being interviewed. Right. Yeah, we, we only need you for three minutes. What did Brandon Staley say? Uh, we asked repeatedly about J.C. Uh, Jackson, uh, and we were told repeatedly it was minor, which is what dovetails with everything I've heard. But uh, basically, it's a the procedure they had to do. There's no broken bones. There's no structural damage. It was taken care of. Now they just well, they have to wait for it to heal. The, okay. the actual wound that, was, that came about as a procedure, now they just have to let that heal. Uh, he's going to hang in New York for a couple of days, and uh, he'll be back here. Yeah, and, get out of this. Get out and, of this, Chris. Go ahead. You asked the guy to come over. Now you're going to. I did. I got, I got, I got the J.C. Jackson update, and now Austin Johnson's coming in. I just wanted to get. We needed to get the update. You already accept, you're already upset, Nick. Now you're insulting. Now you're insulting. Yeah. And now. We're off the rails. We're, we're off the rails here at Jack Hammond. the sun, Austin. I think we've been. They've done this to us every week. Put us in the sun. <laughs> bring any water or anything. Uh, no. Jeff, thank you. <laughs> I'm in the high desert. I'm cooking out. Oh, all right. Slow so we got right? our hey, we got our JC Jackson update from Coach Staley, and now a, a seamless transition to Austin Johnson with the newest defensive tackles for the Chargers. Man, how you doing? I'm good. How you guys doing? Great, dude. It's hot. You're wearing the hoodie though. Yeah, I feel I feel great. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You got to come some weight. Because if you do, we got you covered. <laughs> <laughs> now I'm good right now. <laughs> Dude, how has camp been with the Chargers, your first season with the team? Uh, it's been amazing. Uh, guys really take care of uh, your body. Coach Daly does a really good job um, on defense. I mean, they just mesh really well, really fast. Um, so, I mean, can't complain at all. Great group and defensive line. Just a lot of great guys. Love to you know for people that that listen and and watch the the pod we love having you all on because we want you to kind of explain a lot of the things that people are going to hear throughout that you know how people consume football now they want to pretend like they watch oh i was watching the tape things like that or they'll hear things like oh he's a zero or he's a three or you've played everywhere for the most part do you like can you walk us through that you know what it's like playing nose versus playing the three or the five where you prefer to play and what you think what we're going to see from you you think most of the time this year um for me, I mean, it really doesn't matter where I line up. I feel like I feel like I should be making plays wherever I line up at zero, three, five, whatever, wherever they ask me to line up. I feel like I should make plays. Um, I feel like the difference um, 
feel like the closer you are to the ball, the faster everything happens. So if you're a zero, um, everything happens a lot faster than if you were a four or five out there on the tackle. Um, but, I mean, yeah, it doesn't really matter. I feel like to me where I line up at, um, whether it's me at nose, Sebastian at nose, Braden at nose, Tito at nose, wherever I line up at, I feel like we all make a difference in there. I think what's cool is week one, you're going to see your former defensive coordinator, Patrick Graham, for yeah, the Raiders. For what, sure. What's the biggest difference between what he runs and what Coach Staley runs here in L.A.? Ooh. Um, goodness, that's hard because I tried to, you know, try and clean slate my head to try and learn a whole new defense. Yeah. So for me, that's hard. I try not to think about anything else. But um, I'm messing with his mind money. Hard, I should have done hard, that. I should have asked that question. question. Right? <laughs> we got him out in the sun. Now we're messing up his brains. Yeah, Jeez. the hamster's going in there. Right? So now I'm starting to sweat a little bit more. No. <laughs> um, goodness. Um, I feel like in both defense styles, um, you know, be able to be versatile. I feel like in um, PG's defense, I was more of a zero um, because of the guys we had. We had Leonard and Dexter out there playing ends more times than not if I was in a zero. So, um, I feel like I played a lot more zero there than I do here. I feel like we all, you know, kind of go back and forth what positions we play. I feel like that's the biggest difference for me personally. Again, to kind of get into the, the weeds for the people, because they'll hear this, they'll hear it on broadcast. You know how technical things get now. Talk, were, were you a single gap in, in New York? Because here everybody talks about gap and a half, and, like, yeah. just, there were issues last year with, with kind of the gap, gap and a half. Is that... Is that similar to what you played back there? And for people listening that don't understand what the heck that means, can you kind of share, you know, what your responsibilities are when you've got the gap and a half responsibility instead of one gap? Right. Um, for me last year, I feel like we, you know, two gapped a lot. And for Ooh. what we kind of called it last year when I was on uh, the Giants was, you know, you, the guys inside have B2B, whatever you guys have that. You guys are responsible for that. But, um, you know, here, I mean, it's kind of similar in a sense, um, but the gap and a half, I mean, I enjoy it a lot. It's no, for me, I feel like it's no real difference how I play. You know, you got to play your key and, you know, kind of see ball, get ball without disrupting the defense yourself kind of thing. So, yeah. Okay. You know, also, we always talk about Joey and, and Cleo as, you know, devastating pass rushers, but they get after the run just as much. I don't know if you could speak to the fact that you, Sebastian, were brought in to help stop the run, but you got two bookends that can do the same. Yeah, I mean, that's awesome. Um, you know, like you said, they you hear nothing but them pass rushing, getting to the quarterback, strip sacks, sacks, you know, but seeing them, like, in person play the run, how they play, being aggressive, stopping everything literally outside it's a it's a good feeling for us in the middle <laughs> uh you're an incredible athlete for people that don't know that. uh you were a really good basketball player uh in high school of what you and look you haven't been here that long but have you been here long enough to assess would nobody here is going to be me that's what i was going to say is anyone no one no one uh i heard i, one, I heard i heard uh keenan was pretty good yeah what about derwin I heard Derwin's pretty good. Yeah. I just think but about yeah. the athleticism. I mean, if he can, you know. Yeah. No. I mean, you're going to beat it. Okay. He's checking him in the post. Well, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. But one-on-one. But on I, don't, one, I don't need the post. See, oh, look at that. <laughs> How far oh, out can oh. you go? You got full. Full range. Full green, range. Green light. Did uh, who, was, who was the head coach at Penn State? Was Carmody the head coach when you were there at Penn State? Was he head the basketball coach? coach? Ooh. Oh. Did he ever come find you? 
Do you ever say, no, look, man, we need no, help? I'm going to try to stay away from need, that. Because <laughs> that's what... focus on football. That happened to Willie at SC. They were like, it was a beginner's. They were like, come on, can you end the, the yeah. football? It's like, you're out of your mind. I mean, take a, Willie. At Penn State, we had a lot of good uh, basketball players. I think we played the basketball team one time for football versus basketball. But, um, I mean, I think we had Allen Robinson, who was All-American. Oh, yeah. Right. Gino Lewis, who's like we had a ton of guys on the ba- on the uh, football team that were Balls. really good at basketball. So, I mean, I mean, I don't think I would be the first one to be called if you have an All American basketball player right. playing football. But hey, Alan Robinson here in LA too now. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Hey, let's just stick to your sport, your position group. Uh, outside of you and Sebastian, who's kind of stood out to you in that rotation? So many talented guys that are vying for you know limited spots there. Right. Uh, I mean. Everybody has really shown up in camp, which is like, you know, you don't really see that often. Sometimes there's fall off. Sometimes there's, you know, things happen. But um, every guy in that room has showed up during camp, and that's, uh, you know, really good to see. So it's going to be whatever happens, happens. But I feel like it's going to be a tough decision for a lot of people. Almost every, I think you just had one year of your career that you didn't notch at least a sack. Um, Do you remember all of your sacks i'm pretty sure i do i think so <laughs> do you, i think so helps on the I'm wall not, i'm not like uh coach daly he just remembers <laughs> right, <yeah>. everything right <laughs> do you remember the quarterbacks he remembers all your sacks <laughs> yeah I know, absolutely probably remembers everybody's sacks do you remember the quarterbacks you sacked yes yeah for sure do you want to name them? andrew luck matt ryan uh, two Colts. Two Colts. Yeah, right. two Colts. Right. <laughs> um, goodness. When you sacked Andrew Luck, did he say, "What a great sack! That was a really great play yeah, by you, sir." Kind of with your head a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> kind of messes with your head a little bit. Oh, great tackle! Yeah. <laughs> Thanks. <I think. laughs> But, uh, yeah, yeah, I guess I don't remember all my sacks. Those are two good ones. How about, have you ever sacked Russell Wilson, Carr, or Patrick Mahomes? Because that may happen this year. No, I haven't, but I'm uh, looking forward to to doing so. I would love to make make that a first time. That would be awesome. We talk about just starting the season the right way. man. How important is it for you guys to just hit the ground running against the Raiders and Chiefs? I know we got New Orleans Friday and the preseason isn't over yet, but everybody's focused on this AFC West. You get two division ga- uh, two division games back-to-back. Yeah, yeah That's going to be crucial for us. So we got to, like you said, hit the ground running, but it's you got to start off fast. Two division games, those are huge games for us. Um, and huge games for them too so we just got to come out start fast and keep it going don't stop Austin uh when it comes to where you've played your stops New York uh Tennessee you faced the Chargers a couple times would love to know last year uh I'm not trying to put this on you and the defense or anything like that but it it truly is and I've look I'm a bit of an old man I've been doing this a little while but the touchdown throw that Justin made to Guyton in that game is it's the greatest throw I think I've ever seen in person when when you're on the field, um, can you can you sense crazy plays, just like outlier plays that that stand out, even if you're the opponent or if you're on a sideline watching your own team? Because that just seems like one that would resonate with almost anyone that's ever been around football. Yeah, I definitely remember that. Um, Coach Daly uh, has played that a few times, and I'm just <laughs> like, oh man, it's a great throw. Like it's just you know Herbo's elite, so it's I can see him making that 
hopefully um, a few more times this year. Well, not a few, a lot more. Yeah, but, um, it, yeah, it's just an amazing throw. You don't see that too often, you know. Um, but, yeah, he's elite, <laughs> to yeah, say the a, least. Yeah. I was going to say, is that one of the reasons – you, you chose this place is obviously the defense, but when you see a quarterback that's elite as Justin could put up the points, helps out the defense. It was was Justin one of the reasons that you said, okay, let me sign here at LA. Um, yeah, Justin, but the offense in general, the coaches, Coach Daly, um, you know, having a position coach like Jay is uh, big. He's a great coach, very detailed, um, and obviously the defense and the rest of the pieces that were also brought here makes a big difference I think so I feel like that was one of the main reasons that I chose to come here you're uh you're certainly more matured you've settled but if you can let's go back to Penn State for a second Uh, because Penn State is regularly cited as the not top five not top ten as the number one party school (laughs) in the nation it regularly is I mean you know that it's regularly cited as number one Take us through. It won't change. <laughs> See, here we go. So now we're rolling. He answers the question. Yeah, yeah. Now we got a good. Now we got a good start to this question. Take us through like one of the uh, just some epic moments when you're like, how is this happening? How are there three thousand people at this party right now? What is partying like at Penn State that it routinely is number one? Um, I feel like. <laughs> Without getting yourself that's in trouble. Awesome. Right? <laughs> right? No, no, just you know, generalities. That's all. No um, specifics. We're just doing generalities. I feel like the biggest thing outside of partying is that you could see someone and never see them again the rest of the four times that you're there, <laughs> for four years that you're there. Like, you can just go, I could see you guys probably two days in a row and never see you for like four years. I'm like, wow, okay. And, um, but I mean, it's an amazing school. You see the people that pack the games there in the stadium, 100, 100 plus, 110,000 people there. And that's just in the stadium, but outside the stadium too. It's just, incredible incredible fans incredible people students all that so it's a incredible place to be at football and partying <laughs> what was uh reader was your teammate there right yeah what was yeah. troy reader like in college same way he is now <laughs> hasn't changed a bit <laughs> yeah. awesome. i know you got to go last thing uh, what are you doing on the sidelines on a friday in new orleans like like what's where's your mind watching your, your teammates fight for roster spots and, and just try to improve as we get to week one? Um, well, obviously, watching Raider tape, but also I think the most important thing for me is helping them try to play their best game that they can because, you know, the reality of the situation is not everybody in our room is going to be there during the season. So being able to have them put good film out there for them to get picked up somewhere else or stay here you probably regardless. feel that in yeah, the room so right that, that this is the last chance for a lot of guys yeah so it's um you know trying to help them be the best player they can make as many plays as they can in this game and put good film out there for them greatest defensive lineman in the history of penn state besides you doesn't have to be uh, successful nfl career i just mean their time at college? penn state in college at penn state and we can go last you don't have to dig way back let's go last 30 years 30. All right, last 20 years. <laughs> I just want to get back to LeVar. So, like, we'll start it at LeVar and then move you forward. defensive lineman or def- def- defensive lineman? I know he was. Linebacker. Yeah, yeah, he was an outside. Where was he wearing? Number two? Yeah. The, the LeVar leap. Yeah. Uh, Best defensive lineman. Uh, I what? feel like, what? for me, personally, kind of learning a lot from him, 
I'll say Jordan Hill. Nice. He was in your draft class, right? I think. No, no, Jordan Hill is three years older than me. Oh wow. Yeah, we got drafted. Went to Seattle. Um, yeah, him, uh, Jared Audrick. Goodness, a lot. See, I was Tom, thinking Tom, like uh, Tom I'm, I'm old. I'm thinking like Courtney Brown. Well, like I'm super. Was, it was Courtney you know, Brown. Lavar went one two. That yeah, year. they went one yeah. two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. We're true. too old. Goodness. I just realized I'm an old man. <laughs> but yeah, just for me personally, I'd say Jordan Hill. That whole, yeah, he just went nuts my my freshman year and just watching that, I was just like, goodness. Ugh, I'm going Austin Johnson. That's what I'm going. I with. like that answer. I'm <laughs> going with Austin Johnson. We appreciate you joining us, man. I hey, appreciate you. Thanks for having me. Thanks and having you're us. welcome for us letting you cut two pounds while you were sitting here in the sun uh, in a sweatshirt. Thank you so much. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we, so Joshua Kelly, he got rid of Canes. Uh, who who was on it? Rumpf was on it. Oh, Khalil Mack got rid of it too. Khalil Mack got rid yeah. of it. Where are you with Canes? With Canes? You in on it? No, uh, no, 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 no. It's all right. I'm good. Yeah, <laughs> I'm all right. <laughs> I say overrated. Uh, it's a long line. I think I maybe had Kings one time. Maybe that's yeah. that's the right answer. No, it's I feel the you. same way with In and Out. Five Guys is better than In and Out. Oh, here hands we go. down. Oh. That's not going to stand. That's okay. okay. <laughs> you know what we have to do, actually. That's East Coast. Though, you know what right? though? That's Absolutely. That's yeah. East Coast. yeah. Yeah. We'll yeah. Uh, we're going to take you to Fat Burger, and you're going to real. Yeah, you're going to realize I've never heard of that. Fat Burger's an LA thing. Magic Johnson owned a bunch of them, and then unfortunately, I don't know. They just kind of started petering out a little bit, but there's still some. We gotta take you to Fat Burger. Trust me, Five Guys is good. Fat Burger's where it's at. Just give at. me a ring. I'll hop in. We can go. There we go. <laughs> there we awesome. go. Thanks so much, man. We appreciate you for sure. Thank you, guys. Uh, Thanks, man. Appreciate, appreciate it. Man. Austin Johnson joining us in the sun here at the Jack Hammond yeah. Sports Complex. He gets to go to the shade. Guess Toasty. What, guess what? We don't hoodie. get to do. We don't get to go to the shade. We get to sit in the sun for another however many minutes. We made the mic thing work. It may look pretty funny on uh, whatever on, uh, on camera. Farkas, what do you think? It yeah, works. It gets it done. Sounds okay. There right. we go. We're good. We got Austin. We got Bryce. So we knocked those out. You got Jeff Miller. We got Jeff Miller Way for two minutes. Way to go minutes. with that. You upset Nick, and then you upset Jeff. Where's well, now you've left? Cut. Yeah, they're gone. They've left. All right. We're, okay. Over. So, Nick, we're gonna get you on, and Jeff, you know where you stand. Jeff is always on. Jeff is always on this podcast. Exactly. So, so money. Let's start with the Cowboys before we get to New Orleans. Sure. Um, your overarching takeaways from Saturday night it was not pretty um you know we've heard coach and and you know Tom general manager say it before the one thing you don't want to come out of a a preseason game is to be embarrassed um and I think it was a a pretty upsetting night for the special teams you know And, and I think it's important for people to also remember when you're watching it you know they wanted that. They needed to evaluate special teams. We saw it all last year. Dustin Hopkins is going to boot every ball out of the back of the end zone. So you're not going to have kickoff returns in the regular season. They are content to not have their guys have to cover and give them the ball at the 25, unless they recognize something special. There's a flaw sure. in their return unit or something. But so, And I think what we saw in the first game with J.K. was so much hang time that everything was a fair catch. So I'm almost wondering if... You know, and they, I don't know if they would ever kind of tell you this is the case, but if they told Dustin, hey, take a little off, we got to evaluate return, JK, hey, take a little off, we got to be able to get some of these punts returnable. Um, and thank goodness they did, you know, because as Coach Staley said, look, we're either going to fix it or we're going to find new guys. So that's the good thing about the preseason is you can sort these things out, you know, you can figure them out. 
But the one thing I would say is I don't think we're going to see a lot of that. Like, I just don't think that kick returns are going to be returnable unless guys are bringing them from nine yards deep, which they're not going to do. And I think J.K., based on what we've seen so far, is going to have a lot of fair catches with his hang time. So that's, to me, sort of my, I guess, silver lining around that particular cloud. Um, But it wasn't pretty. Uh, I thought the the fronts of the Cowboys uh, beat up on the Chargers pretty darn good all game long on both sides, on defense and on offense. Uh, I think the depth of the offensive line was a bit of a concern. Um, Seemed like they were getting pushed around a lot. There were almost no running lanes available. Now, I say that. I went back and watched all of Zion's snaps. I thought he played great. I thought Trey played very well in that game as well. So those two really stood out to me, which is important because they're your starters. And Josh Palmer stood out. And so... Did he ever? Yeah. What you want is you want guys that are going to be starters as opposed to evaluation for depth and practice squad players. Those guys need to dominate against twos. And so that's the, to me, that's like the most important takeaway is, hey, Josh was out there. Zion was out there. Trey was out there. They played really well. So yeah. that's that's a good, and so did Mikey Davis, you know, and, and so did Michael Davis. So like, to me, that's, that's good. That, that's a good thing. Fouts mentioned this on the broadcast, and you mentioned it a couple of weeks ago when you said, I, I really want to see special teams during the preseason because you can't fully practice it in training camp. So I, I feel like this was an opportunity to see, okay, what needs to get fixed? Is it scheme? Is it the, is it the guys? And now what's going to happen on Friday? Can they make those corrections? My biggest thing is, so long as this doesn't spill into week one. You know, there's right. a few guys who are going to be on that special team unit um, that were out there. Not everybody, though. So uh, my biggest thing is, okay, let's not overreact. At the same time, special teams has been a concern here for several years. Yeah, well, I think the concern is that there were guys out there that are going to, that are going to be out there week one. Chris Rumpf, Xander Horvath is probably going to be out there. Um, Reader was out there, I think. Yeah, Reader was out there. He's probably going to be your MVP. You know, Nick Neiman is out there. So, like, that's the concern. Josh Kelly, like, that's yeah. the concern is that there are a lot of guys out there that are going to be out there week one. So, yeah, they're going to have to, you know, we're busy focusing on the Dean Leonards, the Josh Sear Taylors, those kind of guys. That's, that's yeah, that's important because they're going to need, you know, a couple of those guys are going to make the team. They're going to be special teamers. But it's that those core four guys were out there. Um, during those returns, and that's something they've got to definitely sort out. And look, it's good that it happened in the, the second preseason game, so like you said, they can correct it for New Orleans on uh, Friday night. Palmer looked like an all-pro in a preseason game, so that yeah. was good to see. Yeah. Um, listen, Michael Bandy. Michael Bandy keeps making plays. Love him. And I, I just wonder, he would be the sixth wide receiver, correct? So do you, do you keep six wide receivers on this, on this club as it's currently kind of constructed in our eyes? Yeah, I think that's, you know, Look, that's a Tom Telesco question, Brandon Staley question. The one thing I would say about, you know, why I don't think they would is I just can't envision them carrying six wide receivers for 17 games. And so I think when you you look at it that way, it's like, okay, we're going to have to expose him eventually. And how many reps is he really going to get in the regular season when you're probably barely playing, you know, a fourth receiver. You know, it's going to be three and sometimes four to rotate in there. So now you're talking about adding a, you know, and DeAndre Carter's going to be your fifth. Yeah, we feel good about so, Carter yeah, being in there. Guyton is exactly. the four. Exactly, Guyton's yeah. the four, Palmer's the three. So it's like, okay, how does Bandy get in ahead of those guys? I mean, the good thing about Bandy is he can return. So to me, it's almost just like injury protection 
for DeAndre. Like if, if you know, unfortunately, and obviously it's, we, it's not going to happen, but if for whatever reason it did, it'd be nice to have Bandy on the roster or Joe Reed on the roster to be able to return kicks, punts, and be that fifth receiver. So that's where the conversation would come You know, in. you look around the league, there are some wide receiver deficient teams. So, like, I, I just wonder if, if Bandy plays well again on Friday and you can't keep him, can you even bring him back to the practice squad? Because I, I think for him, and I, this is what he's going to want. He's going to want to be on a 100%, and I hope squad. he gets it. Yeah, you know, if he goes so. to the practice squad, I hope he gets a call and gets to go play somewhere else. Uh, just not the Raiders, Broncos, or Chiefs. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, I think that's and, – and I think when people get so – so, like, there's two sides to it. One, love Bandy. Want him to realize his dreams, make an active roster, play in an NFL game, earn a living, get a, get a contract that's huge because he's performed so well. Um at the same time, I think it's so important for Chargers fans, like they did last year with T. Billy, we're talking about probably two guys, yeah. 52 and 53. Yep. 52 and 53, every guy's important. The practice squad is important. Depth is important. But to freak out if they decide to keep an extra corner or an extra D lineman um, instead of the sixth wide receiver. Yeah, last year was a cautionary tale with that, it's right? Like, and I try to tell people a million times, and I've said this a million times, when Justin Herbert is your quarterback, you can make bad receivers good, good receivers great, great receivers elite, because he's that good. So it's a different calculus for, for the wide receiver room because that guy's your quarterback. Yeah. But I want to see him play great. I want to see him be the MVP on the offensive side of the ball for the preseason. And I'd love to see him make the team number one if it works out that way. And if not, I'd love to see him be able to get an opportunity. Biggest news of the week, J.C. Jackson going to be out two to four weeks. Um, had a procedure on his ankle. And two weeks would be game plan Wednesday for the Raiders. Four weeks would put him past the Chiefs. So It's a big swing. It's a big swing. And especially coming off uh, a surgery week one against Devontae Adams could be tough. So I, I think the, the you know we're going to go silver linings here. The way Michael Davis has played, the way Asante Samuels played in training camp, uh, and the guy we spoke to, Bryce Callahan, yep. in the slot, uh, it's not J.C. Jackson, but there's depth there. Yeah, if look, it's it's not ideal with the way the schedule's laid out to have two division opponents in the first five days and be down one of the best corners in the league and someone who's going to make life really tough on Patrick Mahomes and Derek Carr. Um, Against the best, maybe the best receiver in the league, yeah. Devontae Adams, week one. So that's that's a tough, it's a huge loss if he's out those two games. The one... You know, the, the one thing, again, here's your silver lining, is a great pass rush can account for a loss in the secondary. So if Khalil and Joey and the guys up front, we talked to Austin Johnson and Sebastian and Jerry Tillery and those, you know, Morgan Fox can put incredible pressure. And look, the Raiders have an issue at right tackle. They have an issue on O-line yeah. across the board. They have issues. So, I mean, look, even Colton Miller, their best offensive lineman, Joey has wrecked him his entire career. So, like, that's the one, you know, that's the salve on the wound is that you got a pass rush that you feel really good about where corners aren't going to have to be as sticky as if your pass rush isn't getting home in a hurry. So, uh, and the other thing is we know that Derek Carr likes to get rid of the ball quickly. So mind your assignments, make your tackles, and keep everything in front of you and hope for those turnovers like we saw in week three last year against the Chiefs playing in this Brandon Staley scheme. Derwin back in practice, Kenneth Murray back in practice. Yeah. And I think this is a guy, too, it's going to take some time for him to ramp up to be ready for the regular season. But just another piece, and Monday, if we look at, 
this holistically as a 17-game season, getting Kenneth Murray back in week four, week five would be an added boost. Yeah, I think the good Excuse me. I think the good thing, I don't know where that came from. I think the good thing is we've seen depth at linebacker. Troy Reader was the best defensive player out there. He and Chris Rumpf in week one, you know, and he was playing middle where Kenneth would usually play. We've seen Van Noy out there have incredible faith in him, you know, outside edge. We've seen Damon, uh, Damon Lloyd come on, or I'm sorry, Jared Davis yeah. come on. Uh, Jamal, Davis. Jamal Davis. There we go. Yeah. Jamal Davis come on strong, which would allow Van Noy to stay there if Davis makes the team and he can be that fourth rusher behind Chris. You know, so Van Noy can spend most of his time inside. Then, okay, yeah, you can overcome that. And yeah. and you know the That's true. And, and not to mention the starter, which is Drew, yeah. who's incredible, who's one of the most underrated players on the team and in the NFL. I mean, he's as good as they come at run fits, at diagnose and attack, uh, at covering. He's so stinking good. So, you know, I would just tell Kenneth, dude, be a hundred percent take your time because that's the problem is you know I think Kenneth has come back from injury a little bit early and it's just you know it's it's sort of compounded the issues that he's had plus you get the competitive mindset of like I got to get back right my know? guys are look at these guys taking the reps I got to get my reps you know and so you hope that he just take your time you know take your time and when you're when you're ready then get out there there's no I don't think there's any rush for him to have to get out there with the depth they've been able to find at that position what do you want to see Friday in, in like in, in, in a way that will correlate to week one, because obviously most of the starters are not going to play. Uh, I would imagine maybe even fewer now uh, yeah. going into Friday. What do you want to see that, that will have you feeling good? Yeah, I'd like to see the running game be better. You know, I think just some of the – you know, outside of the first two drives in the game against the Rams, there really hasn't – it's just been – the, the holes haven't been there. The blocking has been there. Spill was another guy we didn't talk about there. yet who we don't yeah. know his status yet. Yeah, I would be surprised if he played. Yeah. You know, you roll an ankle, you're probably going to take a minute on that. Um, that's, but what the hell do I know? Um, but yeah, I think I'd like to see some lanes. I'd like to see some holes open up. I'd like to see, you know, better than 1.7 yards per carry on, on rushes, you know, regardless of who's there. I think the, the O line, you know, I'd like to see the O line play a little better. You know, some of the depth pieces on the O line because you're going to carry. You know, three of these guys, you know, behind the starters, and so I'd like to see if it's if it's Hymas, um, you know, along with Salyer, whomever that may be. I'd really like to see them play better as well. You know, Clap's going to make the team, so I think that's. I'd like to see those guys play really well. Yeah, the DBs for me, uh, like JT Woods. I still think he needs a little more time. He does. Jasir Taylor, Dean Leonard, those guys. I, I think you just want to see continual improvement. Yeah throughout the preseason. I, I, I don't think those guys are going to be counted on early in the year. No, I think you'll see a lot of Aloe Gilman instead of JT. I think, you know, the idea was could JT push Aloe for that job, and, and I think it's it feels like it's it's definitely Gilman's uh, at this particular point. But you can see the flashes. Like, that's the great thing about JT Woods is you can see the flashes where he's chasing something down from the backside, and he's getting he looks in apart. a hurry. He's yeah. fast. So that's – oh, sorry. That's uh, – yeah, that's something for sure to keep an eye on. Let's end on this. Uh, Please, because the sun is roasting the back of my head. Don Coriel, man. I think it's Well, he's a finalist happen. again. I think it's finally going to happen. It, it should have happened 10, 20 years ago. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I mean, look, the Aaron and I, you know, the way that Air Coriel, you know, was, believe it, look, everyone was three yards in a cloud of dust back then. And, and Don Coriel was freaking spreading it out and throwing it all over the yard. And it was one of the most entertaining, you know, styles of football that we've ever seen. And now it's you know, everywhere in, in the NFL, and, and they owe a lot of it to him. He deserves to be in the Hall of Fame. Um, it's, it, it is a true football tragedy that he's not in there already. 
San Diego State, Joe Gibbs was his offensive coordinator. John Madden was his defensive coordinator. How about that? I mean, Dan Fouts, talk about the him revolutionizing just the tight end position, what we see in today's game. And, like, it's I, I look at yeah. some of the coaches that have gotten in, and it's like, man, how is Don Coryell still sitting there waiting? 100%. You know, 100% too much value put on Super Bowl trophies, which I understand you got to win championships. But when it comes to coaches, to me, totally less about Super Bowls and more about innovation, you know, unless you're a freaking buzzsaw like Bill Belichick, then okay, I get it. But like that, that to me is, you know, have you changed the game? Did you revolution it? You know, Bill Walsh revolutionized the game. Paul Brown revolutionized the game. You know, that's the sort of stuff that, that Don Coryell did and he deserves to be in. Buddy, this is our last one until we're virtual. I think we're virtual next week and then for the rest of the season. So this was our last one in person. How about that? Is that right? I think, well, I, I don't know if we'll do it next week. I don't know. Maybe we just set up at a local uh, fat burger. Get get, uh, get Farkas at the Lost Bean. Exactly. That third mic. That's right. We did it uh, We did it with two mics right. today. We got it done. We face adversity head on. Always appreciate our, uh, our crew, Alex, getting it done for us. Uh, we'll see you guys next week. This has been Chargers Weekly from Jack Hammett Sports Complex. No. No, it's not. This has been Chargers G- Weekly from the Hogue Performance Center. The good news, Chris, <laughs> is the sign is right in front of you. Literally right in front this of you. This has it been Chargers Hogue Weekly Performance from the Hogue Performance yeah, Center. It's, right it's been too hot. Goodbye. <laughs>